What's up, guys? John, Stacy here, your host of Thick, Strong, and Awkward, the podcast. I want to apologize to everybody for it's been a few weeks since I've dropped an episode, so I appreciate everybody bearing with me on that. Uh, hopefully, this really cool international episode uh, makes up for it as I talk to the Irishman himself, the former 105 world record holder, over 900 pounds weighing in at 231, which is just insane. And uh, Finals of Clash already qualified athlete Matt McKeegan. We talk about owning a gym, uh, his coaching style, and I'll talk about a lot of mindset stuff and just uh, how grateful he is for the opportunity to compete at a pro level and actually make some money doing what he does. So without further ado, here we go. How you doing, man? Out, out uh, your, your training go today? Yeah, good. Uh, what do I have today? Push press and circus dumbbell and some accessories. So push okay. press, probably. Well, overhead, I've never been too great. Um, I'm not terrible, but it's, it's something I had to work really hard at to be better at. Uh, but barbell, I just always fucking suck at barbell. Like log and dumbbell is fine. Uh, barbell, but it's it's coming on good now. Like uh, up around one fifty kilos mark. So what's I don't know what that is in pounds. <laughs> three twenty, uh, three thirty. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, up around there now. Like uh, log and dumbbell are a lot better. Um. So so yeah, had a good session. How about uh, the block press? You looking forward to that at Clash? I actually really enjoy that event. Uh, so it's, it's different. Uh. Like I was prepping for Clash last year and couldn't go because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a guy make two blocks. One was 90 kilos and one was 115 kilos. My heaviest one was, I think. Um, and the first the first few times I pressed it, like nearly full-blown killed myself. <laughs> and then when I finally got it pressed, I was like, man, this right here is why I love Strongman. It's just, it's insane. It's it's mental. Like it's, it, The events are so fun. They're entertaining, but... Uh, I'm looking forward to it because there's a lot of guys that are good pressers um, with like a barbell or an axle because they can split jerk, they can do this or that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to me, not taking away anything from anybody that's split jerk, it's impressive. But it's not, it's not strength, it's technique. And it's moving, it's moving with weight. It's speed underneath the bar. Uh, like a block, if you're not strong, you're not pressing that thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That and uh, you ever done a sandbag press at a comp? Sandbag press, I enjoy sandbag press. I think, but I don't know which one I prefer because a sandbag, like if you fuck it up, it hits you in the face, it's okay, you can sort of rest it there. Mm-hmm. Uh, if a block comes back down, <laughs> it's coming back down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, we saw that a, a few times at Clash last year, man. There were some close calls. Yeah, it's, a, it's one of those events, uh, like as a spectator, you're like, whoa. Even sometimes watching guys log press, and they've been moving about. It's like, whoa. <laughs> and that, that's, that's even a someone that does it myself. Some, some guys, man, love life on age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a, a Bob Schwantz at Nationals this last year was going for a max log and dropped it on the back of his head and wound up gushing blood everywhere. Finished his rep and everything on the next one, and then they took him to the hospital. Yes. 
Michael Downey from Ireland as well. The first time, the first time I seen him break the log record here in Ireland, it was like two hundred kilos, two hundred kilos. Now I think this was like one ninety at the time, and he missed his rep. Same again, one ninety came down, had him in the head, fell over. And the, the, this is a few years ago when I first just started to, to get into strong more properly. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my god, is that guy? Okay? And he came back out and went again and broke the record. I was like, oh my god, that's insane. Uh, so uh, I, th- I think. I think to be good strong on it, that's, that's the way you have to be. You have to be sort of like crazy. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. There's got to be something loose there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious too, because I know, I mean, Ireland's not a huge country or anything like that. How big is the strongman community there? To be fair, strongman's quite popular uh, in Ireland, um, but but nobody nobody's ever really made Bar, bar Pau Dwyer. Uh, and only recently he started do really well because he's, mm-hmm. he's back the world's strongest man this year yeah uh, and then you've glenn ross from obviously way back in the day um but apart from that man outside of like ireland and the uk nobody's nobody's done well like um there's one 105 guy robert clark came at the osg a few years ago he came seventh so like, like out of all categories i'm the highest highest placing ever at worlds i came fourth um, but Paz is the only person that no, nobody's got the finals or world's strongest man like the the big one so if Paz was that this year uh, but the, the sports definitely starting to grow um, and I think, I think a lot of guys that are here in Ireland that do strongman are kind of like what would you say or you are like redneck guys and they're not into the social media stuff they're just on the okay. fucking left and shit yeah. so even the guys that are very good people don't really know who they are because mm-hmm. um, guys when I first first started actually getting half decent um, obviously I'm very busy on social media because I want to jam and I'm a coach and I came yeah. from a bodybuilding background so mm-hmm. I had quite a decent following anyway and then everybody I see me start to do this mad shit like pull cars and flip tires and the traction really started uh, and, the, and I, I got a few sponsorships and I got invited to a few comps here and there and these other guys are like man how are you getting these opportunities and I'm like well for a start you don't even have Instagram Nobody even knows you exist. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how strong you are. You have to sort of... Uh, so so I think definitely the city where I live uh, and around it, I think I've definitely... One of my goals was to help grow the sport um, because at a, at a, early in my career, there, there was so little opportunity. And like I really had to go and search for the opportunities myself uh, and right. put myself in certain situations and, and just try it. But, but not everybody not not everybody's got the, the get up and go to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh or the, the financial backing to do it. Uh, obviously, over the years, I've been successful in business. So uh, I, I had some finance behind me to sort of fund what I was doing and travel. Not everyone's in that position. So sure. uh, we started our own federation here, like a non-profit federation for novice guys and then the females. Uh, and now this this Sunday, actually, we host Iron Strong Summer at the gym. And then all the winners, all the winners get invited straight to OSG. And then okay. the top three in each category get to go to Britain's strongest woman. Um, so yeah, we, we, we've tried. I and my wife and other people in the gym, but we've tried to help grow the sport here in Ireland. It's, it's took off now. Like I, I coach a good 30, 40 guys. Uh, there's a lad, an old lad, Matty, down in Galway. Coaches are around the same. Uh, and I, I, th- I think, man, like this year, if, if if the 10 or 15 people that, that I think are good enough to go to SG can afford to go, uh, they'll definitely do very well. Okay. Uh, that, that's another, that's another thing uh, about the comps being in America. It's affordability. Like like going to Florida for my is expensive, you know. So, uh, and then I'm grateful. I have a lot of sponsors uh, which help me 
but not everyone has that. You know what I mean? Sure. So. Yeah. 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 How, uh, so you said you started in bodybuilding. Did you already have your own gym before that? Or were you, was it all kind of at no, the same time? So, uh, uh, started bodybuilding when I was like 18 years old. So it's 10 years old. Like, I'm no, uh, so bodybuilding was just for like fun for two or three years. And mm-hmm. then started doing a couple of shows, uh, started personal training people. Uh, but obviously in self-employed, I, I just had my first child when I was like 21. So my first kid really young. Uh, but the personal training was starting to take off. And I was like, geez, it takes a lot of balls to leave a full-time job. Yeah. I got a job in insurance. And the money was okay. Uh, but then I was taking, the, was taking clients in the morning and then in the evening and I was training. Uh, and I was probably making the same coaching as I was in the insurance job. And the only thing that stopped me from making more was the hours because I was working nine to five. So sure. the company we were working for had went the administration uh, and I, I had made the deadline for like a voluntary redundancy by like two days. So they said, right, if you take, I think it was like 3,000 pounds, the leave, you can leave. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. And then I'll have a look back with them. Coached, coached in a large gym for four or five years. And then I've had my own gym now for nearly three. So worked out quite well. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's awesome. It's been good. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Do you, so, sorry, to touch back on what you're talking about with the, the sponsorships and the traveling. Obviously, you come to America to compete sometimes. Do you have to travel for most of your shows or do you do some UK stuff that's not like super far? Well, the UK, there's lots in the UK, but but again, like obviously being from Ireland, we have to fly to Manchester, London, Birmingham. Gotcha. Uh, and before, before COVID, and you could travel to Liverpool or something for 50, 60 quid. Like we went to the Arnold's UK last year, which I won. Uh for me and my wife to go for three days, man, it was like five or six hundred pounds. So like okay. eight hundred dollars. Yeah. Uh, for a thirty-minute plane, it's so price since COVID is, is insane. Um, yeah. but so even then, even then, it's but not every comp. Uh, I don't get sponsors for every comp to help me, but like the more major ones, obviously, where the the companies want to get a good bit of coverage. Like obviously, this obviously Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you know my shorts, but I had loads of logos in my shorts, the same way like a boxer would. So the okay. all the branding was in my shorts from the time the live stream, and then obviously now this next one's an ESPN. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the 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 return of investments is quite big because yeah. ESPN, like a lot of us sure. going to see it, you know. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Do you, um, I guess, having the gym fund? Like, I don't know how. Obviously, you, you've been doing well in business enough to where you're making money and a living at the gym and everything. Are you funding a lot of your stuff yourself through that? Like, are you basically like sponsoring yourself through your own gym? Or how's that? Up, up until last year, probably, yeah. But it's like my last two or three comps, uh, I've, I've had other other companies in the city sure. that, that have helped pay to go. Uh, and then obviously, like Nordic, the CBD sponsor, they, they helped me with some cash. Um, so yeah, the, the, there's a couple of comp- companies that sponsor me full time, and then a couple of that sponsor me per comp. Uh, but yeah, obviously, just the the way I looked at it, like last year when I first turned professional, as you would say, um, there's not yeah, a mad amount of money in strongman. Being totally honest, yeah. Um, so I, I looked at it as, as the more the better I did coaching, or the better I did competing, the more clients I would get coaching. So so, sure. so that's where I see I, I make my loving from it. Yes, the coaching aspect. And obviously, the gym I own now is probably probably the most popular strongman gym in Ireland or Northern Ireland at least. 
uh, and there's a lot of members come with a strong man, do powerlifting, yeah. people travel from far and wide. So, so that's that's where I see the main return. I'm not naive enough to think I'm going to be a top strong man and make millions of pounds because even the top guys aren't doing that. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, so yeah, you have to just, just take it as it comes. And if you go to a company, you want a few grand, great. Um, if not, you know, so be it. It's, yeah. The way I look at it, like my last company in New York, I got to go to New York for free. Sponsors paid for that. Uh, OSG was the same, didn't cost me a lot of money. Uh, and obviously, obviously, I was good at Comp the One. I was very happy with coming forward for the OSG. Uh, wasn't so happy with New Jersey, but even at that, man, you get to travel to America, go around yeah. the world for for free, like and meet new people, and it's, man, it's, just, it's just fun. Like yeah. uh, obviously, at the time, if you don't want, it's hard to it's hard to be grateful for that stuff. Uh, but looking back and in hindsight, like if someone would have told me three or four years ago, I'd have been traveling the world doing strongman, I'd have, I'd have laughed like so. <laughs> I'm very grateful and I feel very blessed that I yeah. get to do that. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah, no, that's awesome. It's funny you say something along the lines of turning pro too, because Ireland doesn't really have like a pro division, right? You just kind of you, you consider yourself yeah, pro because now you're getting paid to compete, but yeah, because you, you get paid to compete, and then like uh, ultimate strongman, you're, you're you're aware of the federation, the ultimate yep. strongman, mm-hmm. Glenn Ross. So uh, that, that, that's class as professional strongman here. So okay. once you get on the Glenn, um, so once you say one Ireland's are placed top three, go to UK, you're officially competing for money. Uh, you're on TV, uh, and as as you just said, you're getting paid, uh, and there's there's companies that pay me to represent them, whatever. So sure. the, the, there's no official pro card here. Yeah, uh, but but even the same yeah. way it is in America, like the guys that turn pro uh, and get that card, they can still go and do comps like the Arnold Amateur and OSG, and so the the, the, the sport as a whole is fucking mental, really. Because uh, <laughs> I did bodybuilding, like once you turn pro, like, you couldn't do an amateur show again. So so right. say you had a like an AFBB pro card and you wanted to go and do a PCA show, like you had to give your pro card up to start again. Mm-hmm. So it's. Uh, I think the thing was strong because there's no official governing body. Because uh, even it's even explaining that sometimes the to, to my the clients especially. So the guy went to the Arnold's last year because it was OSG. It was announced as the amateur log and deadlift reps challenge. My God, so I thought you're a professional strongman. I think I was like, well, long story. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even going to try and explain to you. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, unless you're within a strong month, yeah, there's no point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, it is interesting too because, like, obviously, I surround myself with pros and amateur strongmen, and then my girlfriend is an IFBB pro, like you're saying, and their pro system is completely different. <laughs> yeah. But then, then you talk about American strongmen. Yeah, you talk about American strongmen where we have pro cards, and you guys don't have pro cards, but you're actually making money from your sponsors, and you're getting things comped and everything. Where most guys here that are pros aren't getting any of that. Yeah, they just happen to have a card. Exactly. That's it. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, and there's there's a few bodybuilding federations like that here as well. Um, PCA, NABA, WBFF. If you've heard of any of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and again, these guys have pro cards and. Maybe some companies give them two tubs of fucking protein a month for free. <laughs> that's not been a professional athlete, is it? Like, let's let's be honest. Yeah. And uh, and th- that's why again I try and stay stay humble and keep my feet in the ground and just focus as much as I focus on competing. Obviously, to be the best I can. Uh, I I love coaching and I, I class myself as a very good coach, a popular coach. So and business wise, you're you're gonna make way more money coaching people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously it's. So it's a very rewarding job as well. 
Uh, like I, I probably get more hyped for my clients than I do my own comps. Like I, I get so excited. Uh, like there's a, there's a guy on tonight. It's just a regular gym gore, to be fair. He's not even a strong man. Uh, and he's, he's sort of older. He's like, he's about 50. I've never deadlifted 200 before, 200 kilos. Uh, and we got, I did a 180 last week for three, I think, three last week. And then I texted him this morning, confirmed the time tonight. And man, all I thought about all day was the fact that James is going to deadlift 200. And I came on, I was all my, I can't deadlift tonight. I was at the dentist today. So I've got a bit of a, so I'm going to do light stuff. I was like, fuck me, man. I've been so pumped all day for your deadlift. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. You can live vicariously through those folks. Like you had uh Hein in Jersey that actually wound up beating you. That's one of your yeah. clients, right? Yeah, so it's that's it's bittersweet. So obviously yeah. I went to I went to Jersey and uh-huh. well, I suppose a lot of guys, I think a lot of guys expect me to go there to one. Uh and I actually I definitely didn't go and expect to come fourth. So uh seeing seeing Nick beat me, it's fine, it's one of them things. Nick's Nick's a great guy, he's a great athlete. Um yeah. I think at OSG, I think I only, I only beat him at OSG by like one or two points. So uh, I, th- I think I think just some experience on a year or two, and that could be a real, real dangerous 105. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just it's just for him learning how to just learn on his body more and learn, learn how to compete at a high level uh, in a smarter way. Because uh, next one of them guys, he will just go balls to the walls every day. Whereas there's certain comps where you can maybe take a back seat for an event or two if you're doing well, or to, to just be smarter with certain things. I, I don't think he, he just wants to fucking go out to every event as hard as possible, sure. uh, which is a great a great attitude. But a clash, for example, the finals, uh, if you're going to go all out for every event, man, you're going to be fucked come the end because that is these are these are some tough events we've got to be honest. Sure. Yeah, yeah, the clash finals are they're no joke. They're heavy and they're going fast too. So you don't get that turn. Well, Jersey went pretty quick too. So there wasn't a lot of rest between the events or anything. But if you're used to a you know six hour show and you know 40 yeah. minutes between each event, you're gonna be hurting at clash this year. Yeah, especially two two hours. See, that's that's the two sides the when TV people start getting involved. So it's amazing. That's an ESPN. Mm-hmm. The fact it has to be done in two hours, oh shit. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I honestly think that, that that will that will affect who wins the comp massively. Absolutely. I, I don't think I don't think the strongest person is going to win the clash. Um, for that reason, mm-hmm. even even the heats, even the heats are even the heats are strange. Not strange, but there's, there's no real event bar the squat. It's going to dictate who's the, the strongest guy, I suppose. Because even the press medley, it's not that heavy. So sure. It's going to be about speed. And then the dollar three, or like there's two moving events and then a lot of throwing events. So yeah, it's going to mix the. I, I, th- I think that it, there'll be quite a lot of guys that, that get through to the finals that probably aren't the strongest guys there, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not in a disrespectful way. I think, yeah. I just I just like a lot of the names that people are going to expect in the finals might not be there. Sure. You know, that sort of way. Sure. Yeah, no, I could see that. I think it'll be a little bit more of a well-rounded athlete lineup at the end just because of that. And then it's also going to dictate like if people are smart enough to change their training approach from, you know, taking, yeah. you know, all day long to hit their events to slamming them out and keeping their, their heart rate up and ready to go, you know? Mm-hmm. 
hundred percent. Well, that's obviously as a I usually wear a fitness tracker. It's a it's an aura ring, but the aura mm. ring doesn't give you like live updates for when you're training. Uh, and I, I would, as you've just said, I find myself not lazy in training, but I can get quite distracted because obviously I've been a coach. My phone never stops. So if I'm in between sets and a client texts me, I end up sitting for 15 minutes. And before I know what I'm cold way down. So I got the, the whoop strap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that's kept me really on the ball like the last two weeks with with recovery times and not letting my, my rest and heart rate go below like 65, 70%. Sure. Uh, and then I, I've tracked my workouts compared to like the jersey prep. And I was training for three hours, three and a half hours. Whereas the minute that I haven't had one session more than two hours, but I'm doing the same amount of volume. Oh you know wow! What I mean, so yeah, uh, so I'm, I'm definitely, and it's 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 keep me it's keep me from getting distracted. Mm-hmm. So if my phone goes, I just ignore it. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then I've added back on a consistent session, so we do boxing once a week as well. So as you says, I, I I've like, like jersey for me. My last cup before that was a West and then it was Arnold's, which was a max fucking rep log and deadlift. Yeah. Before that was that. UK. So, so those those three those three comps for me were two three day events or very slow events. So the the, the change of pace of jersey really hit me hard, man. Sure. Uh, and I, I noticed that like not not even fitness wise. Like, do you ever know your central nervous system? Know your nervous mm. system just feels drained. Yeah. So see, after me and Jeff did the twelve reps, not deadlift. Like I, I did not anticipate to have to do twelve that day at all. Uh, and from then. I just really struggled to fill the tank full of energy again. Mm-hmm. And uh, it showed a lot. So, yeah, yeah. I was actually I was surprised with like the later events that you seemed to bog down a little bit. Like you were still obviously very competitive. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I could see the deadlifts maybe hit you a little harder than you were anticipating. <laughs> yeah. And then the, like the, the yoke and the, the farmers mm-hmm. it was moving well, but I dropped the farmers like just. They don't they kind of know really why. Like I think the shape of them and that was bumpers. So the, the two farmers clanked off my legs. Oh, the bumper yeah. plates like, just oh, right. uh but even at that man, my, my time and that was still decent. The other guys were so fast. Mm-hmm. Uh sandbags before I before I had left, sandbags was always gonna be an event that I, I sort of had it was gonna be my worst event, where I was happy enough to lose some points in the last bag because I knew it was very good stones. Uh, but it just just didn't work out. Uh, so so times like that, then it's it's when people like Nick do better because they're going balls to the walls. Whereas I was sort of banking on those other four events to carry me through because the new sandbags was going to be bad. And it's just that last bag. It seems it's just so long. I, I just can't get my fucking arms around it. It's just so yeah. big. <laughs> yeah, I don't care who you are, man. A bag that big and then three hundred and twenty pounds is tough. Um, and I've got I've just got these short bodybuilder arms like looking. Like, Muscle mass arms that aren't that long, so they're not made for picking up sandbags. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, how how'd you do in bodybuilding when you did it? Were you uh, was it like classic physique, or were you doing full out open bodybuilding? Yeah, so when I started, I was quite young, so I was in the junior category for okay. oh man, like three or four years. Won the Ireland the Irish Junior Championship, went to the British Finals a couple of times, uh, and then. When I moved up to men's bodybuilding, it's like, a, like two second places and a third. And then my last my last show that sort of not put me off, but I thought, like with strongman or strength sports, 
Like it doesn't matter who shows up, anything can happen. It doesn't matter who's favourite and who's not. Mm-hmm. You can always pull something out of the bag if you have to. Uh, and then I went to this camp in Scotland. It was, the, it was probably the hardest prep I'd ever done. So I dieted really hard. I was big, I was lean, man. Everything was fucking perfect. And in the UK, I usually go to a comp and there's like one or two freak shows in the whole show. And we went backstage and man, there's seven absolute monsters in my category, all shredded, all huge. And my coach just sort of tapped me on the shoulder and was like, well, man, your day's over, but try and enjoy it. And I was like, fucking hell, six <laughs> months of my life, just wasted. We're strong, man. It doesn't really matter. And I, but that, that's not me being a sore loser. I was just like, I'm not good enough to do well at bodybuilding uh, and yep. become a professional or whatever. Because uh, as I say, I was decent, like, uh, still ha- still hold decent shape. But uh, the amount of sacrifice goes on the bodybuilding at an amateur level for a fucking trophy, it's, it's hard to see the, the return of investment because it, it really affects your family life, your your children, your friends. Like, strongman, obviously, you dedicate a lot of time to training and recovery. Obviously, I eat well year-round, but... If you want to go and have a few beers with the lads, you can. If you want to take your wife to dinner, you can. If you want to go for ice cream with your kids, you can. There's bodybuilding sort of, that stuff doesn't exist at all. Like. Sure. Yeah, I mean, and it would mean if it does, it's at an extreme limitation. So, I mean, it gets it gets tough <laughs> for that, uh, that whole prep cycle. Is, yeah, and I, yeah, and I ma- massive respect anybody that does it, but... It's just, especially in Ireland, well, in the whole world, like to, to make it to the top of a bodybuilding career, you, you have to be lucky as well. You have to sort of be in the right place at the right time and know the right sort of people. And there's a lot of politics involved. And like you, you're literally the, the, the one percentile make it. Because I know guys in Ireland that are fucking very, very, very good. Uh, and even they have no chance to even get to the Olympia or whatever else. Uh, and it's, it's, it's probably disheartening to say to something, something like that to one of those guys but it's the truth I've been like that with clients before as well there's a few guys I've prepped for shows and this or that and their their home life really took a took an impact through their career and I, I remember the last guy I actually worked my gym and I said to him I was like where, where, where do you want this to go because you're a good coach you're busy you're making good money uh, like, what, what, what do you want from competing because competing is, is like a body transformation coach is good for business sometimes. But towards the end of prep, you just wouldn't be bothered, man, dealing with clients. Your mood drops and you just wouldn't be fucked. Uh, and I ended up, he said to me, I want to be a pro physique model. And I was like, it's, it's, it's probably not going to happen. Like, I said, what do you mean? And I said, like, do not take this the wrong way. You're in great shape and you can do well. But man, you may forget about being a professional bodybuilder or making money from it. Uh, and he got really offended. It's fair enough, I suppose. Yeah. If someone told me I wasn't going to be the world's strongest man, I'd be fucking raging. Yeah. But uh, th- th- I think my goal is more realistic than his. Um, so, so, yeah. But after a few weeks had passed by, he came to me then when he was finished the show and I was like, you know what? You were 100% right. <laughs> and I was like, oh, harsh truth. Well, it's tough. I mean, bodybuilding, just like, I mean, even, I mean, strongman might be a little bit more so as far as the limitation to financial growth via just the sport, right? Like the bodybuilders that are rich are rich because either they invested their money in something or they are, you know, their coaches on the side and they're exceptional coaches or, you know, most of them are not getting rich from competing. 
hundred percent, definitely not. And even even the guys that do make money competing, like the amount of the amount of money that gets spent on supplements and food and whatever else, uh, it's a lot of money, man. A lot of money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, then there's a lot of bodybuilders too that are you know famous. They're like decent bodybuilders, but they're really only famous because they have a solid YouTube channel or Instagram following or something like that. Whereas Strongman hasn't quite broken into that to the extent yet. No, yeah, well, I think apart from the Stoltman brothers, I don't think, yeah, Stoltman brothers are maybe Thor and Eddie, but yeah, nobody else has really done that. Like, I know Luke and Tom make a, make a good living from YouTube, mm-hmm. but the, the, their story is also very unique. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Tom being autistic and whatnot, so it's, you know, it's not everyone has that. And I think the thing is with Strongman as well, like, there's a lot of bodybuilders that just have, they're very marketable and they have a personality. Strongmen are strongmen. They're not really. There's not many of them have personalities or funny. They're just like man. Like maybe like I don't know if you see much of Powered Wire stuff on Instagram or YouTube. But Pow is really really funny. Mm-hmm. So someone like Pow could, could maybe break it. But again, the Irish accent sort of cuts a lot of people off. And like the the humor we have here in Ireland and like Scotland, like other other cultures can't appreciate it. And they get offended or they don't understand sarcasm. So, yeah, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed the uh, the more that I interact with international athletes, the more I'm realizing the uh, the sassy sarcasm is so much more aggressive in other parts of the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, man. See the, see the stuff me and my best friends say to each other. See if you didn't understand sarcasm. You'd be like, man, these two guys are going to fight <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it's just normal it's yeah. just it's, that's just a so but as you say it's just it's just culture because uh i remember my first time at europe's it was like three years ago three years ago and man i can't even remember what i said four years ago but rona heinla and ervin toots they, they were here in ireland competing at europe's and i said something which i thought was funny <laughs> the rona heinla about an event man he just looked at me and obviously he's fucking massive. And I was I was only like a hundred kilos at the time. It was like my first OSG comp, and I was like, oh my god, he's gonna eat me. <laughs> he just did not find it funny at all. And even even still to this day, I found Ryan O'Hanley quite scary looking. But I so yeah, he, he, he Eastern Europeans, especially they're very, very straight down the middle. There's there's black or there's white, there's no gray. There's, okay. there's the sarcasm is just not a thing. <laughs> okay, interesting. Yeah, that's good to know. I've noticed that Australia is very similar to like your kind of your personality. The folks that I've met from Australia that compete are all just giving you shit constantly. Everything comes out of their mouth. Like you can't take any of it serious. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I think some people's worse than others. When I go to like a new place, like obviously in Jersey, I don't really know many people. So I'm like, right. I'll give it a day or two before uh, I be the way I normally am. Cause some guys just don't appreciate the, the jokes and that's fair enough. Uh, so th- I think it's important to know your crowd, but then at the same time, man, some guys just don't give a fuck. And hey, that's that's a good way to love, too, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you come in and you're, uh, you know, 250 pound tatted up, uh, Jack dude, just start talking shit to somebody. You're just giving them a hard time, like trying to make a friend or some shit, and they're taking it all serious. You wind up in some trouble every once in a while. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, well, I hope so. <laughs> That's awesome. No, that's great. Uh, so you transitioned after bodybuilding, you jumped into, was it powerlifting or did you go straight to strongman? 
shoot the strong man and do you want to know what man like I was always strong so like I was man I, I could deadlift like five plates after training for like six months uh, I pushed like 100 pound dumbbells in my chest straight away uh, it's just a, but uh, I was unaware of how strong I was and then the guy that runs all the bodybuilding comps in Ireland runs the strongman comps as well. D- Dave Warner. Do you ever hear Dave Warner? No, sir. So he's he's the guy here that sort of does all that shit. And uh, I was in his gym one day and I seen me deadlift 300 and I was wearing like a pair of like Nike Harachis with a big chunky heel. Okay. And he was like, did you just deadlift 300 in those shoes? And I was like, yeah. So man, that's fucking impressive. He said, you, you need to do strongman. And at the time, I was totally unaware of weight categories. So I, straight away, he's a strong man. I just thought Brian Shaw, Thor. And I was like, nah. I was like, man, I'm never, how am I going to lift that stuff? And they told me about the weight categories. And I was like, look, there's a beginner's competition in two weeks' time. And it's down in Cork. I want you to do it. And I was like, Dave, I have never even done any other stuff. He says, trust me. And I said, right, okay. So he took me to the gym like four or five days later. Give me like a, a dummies assault course on the events. There's like an axle press for reps, farmer's walks, like an arm over arm, and an atlas stone. Never did stones in my life. Uh, so I trained for this comp once and I went down and I won it. <laughs> I was like, right, I must be, must be okay at this. And then I went to a max deadlift comp then in Scotland, like a few months later. And I deadlifted like five kilos away from the 105 Irish record. Uh, but Again, I had no clue about anything to do with lifts, though. You get three lifts. Uh, I must, well, I must, I must a second rep. I, I didn't know you get two reps. Yeah, so two goes. Okay. So I lifted like 340. Because my first time in a suit that day, someone just gave me a deadlift suit. I was like, <laughs> use that. And I was like, well, okay. So the first rep was up, sort of dodgy. She was in the yeah. Texas bar and it was sort of whoopy. Uh, and then the second rep, I got 350 above my knees and the whoop just threw me way off along with the suit. And I just sat at the bar and I was like, oh, well, fuck it. <laughs> uh, that's me. Uh, and then David said to me after something, you know, you're going to get another attempt at that. And that was also like five kilos off the record. And I was like, why did he tell me? <laughs> uh, so I pre- prepped them for another comp. And then I broke the Irish deadlift record in London in January. And that, that was me then. From, the, from, that, from that moment on, I was like, I don't know what, I'm actually... I'm actually not bad at this. Uh, it was, was just deadlifting. I was very, very good at deadlifting. Um, so I just worked hard and everything else, and here I am now. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool story, man. Uh, coming in and just winning your first show with two weeks' notice, that's pretty rad. Well, that was just one of those things. That, I think anybody that does strongman or that's like elite, so to speak, at their sport, I think it sounds cheesy, man, but I think you're born, you're born with, with that. You're born with something special that's inside you. If you're a professional soccer player, or NFL, baseball, MMA, or as much as you train or practice, you're you're genetically gifted with with a good grace of being good at one of those sports. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and then if you take someone that's that's borderline average against the top pro, and say you give say they're the exact same age, the exact same body type, whatever. And you gave him five years doing the same training program, the same food, whatever. The guy that's got that genetic gift is just always going to be better. And that's just the way it is. Uh, so, so I think it was just, uh, again, real cheesy thing. But I think Strongman found me. I didn't find it that sort of way. 
like I, I didn't realize how strong it was as such. And then now, man, it's obviously like I love eat, sleep, and breathe strong man. Like I love it so much. That's awesome, man. Yeah, no, I like that. Strong man found me. I didn't find it. That's that's cool shit. Yeah. Yeah. What? Uh, so after that, though, obviously you came and you got good enough to break the world deadlift record for 105. How'd that? Uh, yeah, how'd that, that, that took. Uh, that took me three three years, man. Three years. Yeah, but three years. So the record when I first broke was 352 and a half. Uh, have you heard of Peter Bremner from Ireland? Heard the name, yeah. mm-hmm. So he, he coached me for deadlifting to start with because obviously Peter was the best deadlifter in Ireland at the time. So I was like, right, if I want to know how to deadlift, that's the guy to show me. So I employed him as my coach. Uh, well, we, we just kept sort of setting goals. Um, and then I think back in 2019, I took the record to three 385. And that was like, right, okay. At the time, the the world record was four hundred, and I, I can't even remember who held it at the time. I might have been Luke Davies or Mark Boyd or someone. There's only like one or two guys that pulled four hundred at one hundred five at the time, which yeah. is mad because there's like seven. I just don't know. So I set I set my mark at four hundred, but then by the time I got close to four hundred, I think Adam Dirks had took the record at like four hundred five, and then Luke took it to four ten, or Jerry took it to four hundred six. I was like, "Fuck me!" Like the, the closer I got, the further it got away, and I was like, "Oh my god." Uh, and then I attempted it twice in comp, missed it. Like the first, the first time didn't come off the floor. I mean, the man was embarrassing. Second time, I, tr- I, did, I did it at an event that we hosted at my gym. So, not, not as an excuse, but obviously hosting a comp is stressful, stressful. And I had like ten clients competing that day, and like sixty people asked me all these questions. Uh, at a hard weight cut and again I got the world record like my knees it was 410 at the time but it just just didn't happen and then last year uh, March was it March or April I think yeah Liverpool it was that was it then with, uh, it went up 413 kilos and it was man it was easy like not in an arrogant way it was just if I had to put 420 in the bar that day I would have loved it like yeah for sure so That's awesome how long did you have it? Because some of you just recently broke it, right? Yeah, six, seven months probably. And uh, what do you call him? Blake. Blake, his name is Blake something from South Africa. So okay. he held it before me. I broke his and he broke it again. Um, he's, a, he's a real strong guy. Uh, uh, but again, one of random places, South Africa. So nobody really knows who he is because it, it hasn't traveled to compete anywhere. Again, probably the, the cost to go from South Africa to America is probably insane. Uh, and then obviously COVID, there was less shit happening in New Zealand. Because I know New Zealand and Africa and Australia used to do the Arnolds. Mm-hmm. So none of that's really happened. Grandma recently. So, so yeah, the, man, the, and the, that's why I was so excited about coming to Clash. Because we're doing the record attempt on the Friday night before the main event. Uh, but it's only me and Gavin doing it now. And I was really hoping that it would be like me, Gavin, Luke Davies, maybe Jiri would come. Adam Dirks, because anytime any one of us has broke the world record, bar looking Jury once in Ukraine, they went head to head. But could you imagine if like all five or six of us were there? Like how pumped would you be? Like so, yeah. someone would pull something absolutely stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, because like when I've done records before, I had a number set in the head, and I did that number and no more. But like if there's five guys capable of pulling 420, 430, somebody would pull something stupid, like really, really insane. 
just because of the atmosphere and then because of them because that happened actually the time that I took the Irish regular 385. I went that goal that day with the goal of lifting 360. And there's another guy, Robert, and Manny went head to head for three lifts. And we both ended up pulling 385. So a 25 kilo jump on top of what I thought I was capable of. So could could you imagine that man live live in ESPN oh, yeah. uh, with a crowd? Man, the, the, the hype would be unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, but it's only two of you then doing it. I thought there was going to be a couple more. Yeah, so did I. Mm. I really thought Adam would have done it, to be fair. Because mm-hmm. uh, I seen him back on the 105, the stone record. Uh, and then, I, I, man, I don't, don't really know when anybody else doesn't. I don't, I'm not sure. Uh, Gav, Gav was really strong. I know Gav, uh, he's, he's from Wales. We competed, competed against his order at the Arnolds. I beat him for reps. Uh, but yeah, Gav's, Gav's a strong, strong guy. Furman, Furman coaches Gav. So Okay. It'll be it's strong, it's strong, and again, I like Gav, he's a really nice guy, he's really strong, but uh, I, I just I, I don't think he's I, I don't think he's quite there in the sense of max power for, for okay. where I am at the moment. Um, and if, if, he's, he's very injury prone, he's a, he's a good bit older than me. Um, he's got a, he's quite a, he's quite a few bad niggling injuries, and then he's it a very up like. Six weeks ago, pulling like 390. And I was like, and people were like, oh my God, if he's pulling 390 10 weeks away, what's he going to pull in 10 weeks? And I was like, not much. <laughs> he's peaked way too fast. So oh, yeah. he's, he, sometimes you need to be just smarter. Uh, like I hadn't, so after, see, after the last time I pulled the world record, I hadn't left over 300 kilos for like a year because okay. I just didn't, didn't need to. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, so yeah. So I, but again, man, I, Gav could rock up and pull a thousand pounds. I could be wrong, but I, I, I just, in the most respectful way possible, as I said, I love Gav. He's so nice. I, I just don't think he's going to beat me. Sure. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know Sean Schumacher uh, out of America over here was talking about doing it, but I think he's yeah. more focused on the actual comp. You're doing both, though. You're doing the comp, the the record, and finals. Hopefully, finals. Yeah. Yeah. So usually, usually, obviously, when something like that would happen. Under no circumstance, whatever attempt the record the night before comp, it. man, it's, it's it's literally the stuff dreams are made of. Getting the mm-hmm. deadlift on ESPN, that's wild, that's insane, like that's mad. Uh, so I, I wasn't going to turn down the opportunity to do that. And then even see, see right if I pulled the world record in the Friday night and I didn't make the finals or I came like fourth or fifth. See, 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 apart from the winner of Clash, everybody else. Nobody will remember them. See if you break a world record headlift in ESPN, people will remember you for a very, very, very long time because it's a deadlift. And who doesn't love seeing a deadlift? Like, yeah. Uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, I think you had a good point there. And yeah, I can't blame you, man. I mean, it's a big risk, but I can't blame you for doing it. It's ESPN. And I mean, how many times in your life are you going to get that opportunity? Exactly. And the, the thing is, as well, like the max deadlift, I'm going to wear my deadlift suit. Uh, and I'm very well conditioned for deadlifting. I've mm-hmm. deadlifting for fucking years. So uh, I, I won't wake up on Saturday and be that sore, in fairness, so hopefully. And then I've got the experience of doing the likes of OSG, UK's strongest man. I've been there twice now. And that's a three-day three event. Uh, so, yeah, I've, I've, I've competed before in a fatigued state you know, from the day before. So uh, I generally think I'll, I'll, be, I'll be fine. Like, And I, if, if I'm not... Man, if I'm not, fuck. I'm deadlifting on ESPN. Who, who cares? <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, you're well conditioned for it. You'll if anybody's going to pull it off, it's going to be you. But uh, I'm 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 stoked. I'm ready to watch it, man. It's gonna be exciting. Very 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 excited for it. And again, as I said, like when when you say it out loud, because in, in the UK I've, I've been on TV for numerous comps, but ESPN it's ESPN. So when mm-hmm. people say to me out loud, you're gonna be an ESPN, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> Yeah, the super. Ex- I mean, everybody's going to watch that. It's going to be huge. It's going to be cool. That's- I'm excited for it. I'm excited again. Obviously, go to go to one every every comp go to. But I'm just excited for the experience. Just just to be there and embrace it, man. And just always, no matter what, I was trying to be very grateful for the position I'm in that they get to do this because we talked about a very small percentage of people bodybuilding getting to do it. I suppose strongman's the same. Can you imagine the amount of strongman and women around the world? how many of them get to go and do what we get to do it's a clash and whatnot man so like like in new york obviously in new york i came on my own my wife couldn't come because she's not vaccinated uh and, and that, that weekend it was like my, my father's six month anniversary for he passed away last year so and obviously not doing well in new york i really i really struggled to enjoy myself in jersey but then i had to really sit there and reflect i was like man you need to try and be grateful for the position you're in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I, I, that's that, that's that's always my main, my main goal for every comp. Obviously, if I won, but it's, it's be grateful for if you're getting to do what you're doing. And like obviously, I love strongman. Uh, I get to make money from it, and, and yeah, man, it's just an experience. And obviously, uh, getting to meet people like yourself, Matt McCain, Camby, man, of friends, that's right, all over the world. It's it's cool. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. That's what's kept me in it, even after you know dealing with some injuries and stuff. And now I'm on the media side of stuff. I mean, it's I love getting to talk to you guys. I love meeting all the people at Clash and traveling around watching shows. This, this is awesome. I mean, yeah, this this it's sport brought a lot of cool people together. Yeah, it's it's, well, it's it's really it's enjoyable, and that's more so like in the UK. Uh, like even if I go to anywhere in the UK, the the gyms are you're guaranteed you probably bump onto someone you meet or someone. Like the, the the weird thing for me is that when someone stops you, just like a stranger in a copper or the fucking in the street stops you and recognizes you from Instagram or something like that. But that stuff like that blows my mind. That's that's so weird. Like, because uh, obviously being at the TV for strongman, like, like I just do because I enjoy it. And then if someone like the like UKs was the first time UK strongest man because that's like a big soccer stadium. There's thousands of fans and people ask you for autographs and shit. And I'm like. Uh, Probably not there yet, but it's it's bad. It's mad people even appreciate you and that they care that much to even ask for a picture or mm-hmm. someone someone recognize you off social media. Like, a, like a, I'm I'm quite a quiet and shy guy. Uh, my wife will tell you when people come up, like you, you get certain guys and certain sports and they nearly what would you say like their head goes up their ass and they expect the attention from other people. Uh, whereas like I can't believe people actually care about what I, I'm doing on Instagram. So I know it's just it's weird, like. Mm-hmm. yeah no i get it man i do i get stopped now at the clash events every once in a while people are you know that listen to the podcast or stopping me to talk to me about it or you know a few gyms that i've been to even here in texas people will recognize me from it it's it's such a surreal like because i'm a nobody i'm not like a pro athlete i'm not you know making a bunch of money on any of that stuff or anything like that like i don't expect people to recognize me you know i just love that there's some yeah. people that want to listen to this and it's uh it's yeah. exciting Obviously, obviously, I'm the same. I'm, I'm by no means a famous strongman, but uh, the fact that even a, a small amount of people care, because they get the Arnold's last year, that the Stoltmans didn't even have a stall at the, the Arnold's. They were there to compete. 
mm-hmm. and they came up to the, the Giants night or the official strongman games camp to watch and oh my god man there was a queue like uh, fuck like 500 people long and and Luke and Tom weren't paid to be there that day and they, they just stood there all day taking pictures and signing autographs uh, and that, that's what Luke said and I've always remembered that because there's not the name any of them there's a few other guys who were there that weekend and responsible by some of the same companies I was and they're on a stand all day taking pictures doing whatever and they sort of complained about it I was like man you should be grateful like you're, you're just standing here taking mm-hmm. pictures and getting free shit and getting paid like if it wasn't for all these people you wouldn't be where you are mm-hmm. whereas the store ones are just happy to stand there and do it for free uh, and they're, they're just forever grateful because obviously they're quite new to being famous because I would say they're probably the two most famous strong men at the moment. Definitely, definitely where I am anyway. Uh, and they've stayed really humble because the two, three, four years ago, they, they were just sort of starting to get good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously now it's, 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 it's matter of how much things can change in six months. And that goes both ways. So like you could be on top of the world for a full season, man. And won so much shit, and then I know get a bad injury, and then people forget about you real fast. Sponsors forget about you, this and that. And like last year in the UK and Ireland, like my one on the Euro- in Europe, my one five comps had one thirteen comps straight. So to go to OSG, coming fourth was a word, so it was fine. I was still gutted, but then to go to Jersey and come fourth again, so that, that, that's what I mean. And pe- people, people at home especially, they say to me, "What happened? You didn't win this time." And I'm like. Hard comp, so pe- people ex- people expect it of you, and yeah. when you've won so much, I, I expect it of myself. I hold myself to a very very high standard. Uh, so when I, when I don't win, I'll be disappointed. But it's it's, it's just mad. So, so as I say, like you can be top of the world one day and the next day, man. So you have to you have to be grateful for for every moment you have doing doing, doing whatever you're doing, not just strongman, anything in life. Just grateful every day. Yeah. Yeah. That's well said. I, I agree with you on that. Yeah. And, I mean, it could change. Everything can change real quick if you're not careful. So. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, what, uh, what are you looking forward to most at Clash? Is there an event you're looking forward to or competing against anybody in particular? Uh, Besides obviously look, the deadlift on ESPN. I mean, I know that, but. Do uh, you, you want to know what, believe it or not, do you know my least favorite thing to do is deadlift? I really don't like deadlifting at all. <laughs> it was smart. Uh, and I, th- I think I think it's only because like I, I broke so many records and tried them that many times. Uh, like, see, prepping for a, a max deadlift, it's hard, man. It gets old. <laughs> uh, so yeah, but I, I'm really excited for the finals. Like the events in the finals are they're right up my street. Um, so obviously I have to get there first. I'm confident the wall. Looking at my grip, but uh. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the finals. I'm excited for it all because, like, obviously last year, last year I didn't get to go. See, see to be honest, man, last year, there was quite a lot of comps I was invited to. Uh, I was invited to a comp in Czech Republic, Ukraine, there's Clash, and I couldn't go to any of them because of COVID. And I was at a point after Clash, man, when I, because Mark Boyd and uh, whoever else and Strength Collective had... They tried so hard to get these NIE things, like a, a, some sort of waiver for us to go. And then like a week before, I was just told, no, you can't go. And that was it. Uh, so I prepped, man. And I'll tell you now, that, that broke my heart like bad. Like I was so disappointed. And I felt it was probably the first time in my life I sat and thought about, no, I'll tell you, fuck this. I might just stop. 
But I'm glad I'm glad I didn't. So, so, so watching it back now, it looked amazing. It's on the beach. Uh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just I'm I'm excited for the whole thing, the whole experience. Uh, I'm excited for the squat. I'm, I'm very excited for the squat event. I, I like squats. Yeah. Um, but I know Tyler. Tyler, what's his name? Short Young. guy. He's in my group. Uh, he did a fucking eight last year. Isn't that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So but then. Like Justin, Justin's pro- Justin probably going to the, our group is like the top seed. I uh, competed against Justin at Worlds. He's great, great athlete. But then he's, he's not a great squatter. So it's fun. You just never see, see, see when you're doing 10 events, you just never know what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah Ju- <laughs> Justin listens to these. He's going to be a little bummed to call him out on my squats, but it's accurate. <laughs> oh, well. He's in a fine, <laughs> whatever. He's uh, very good at those other events, but it was the, I'm not saying he's a terrible squatter, but if I, if I had to look at those events and pick his worst one, his, his, his squat's obviously sure. the worst. And man, he's such, he's such a tall guy, but long legs, it's totally natural. He's going to be, uh, it's going to be his worst event. But uh, again, not taking anything away from him. Still, he's still my favorite to go through in the group and probably the biggest competition there. Uh, so yeah, but hey, well, I said what I said. <laughs> you got a uh, you got a podium prediction at all? Do you know what? I see see apart from who's in my group, and then Camby, and then Ollie Clark. But by the guys I'm sort of friends friends with, like Schumacher and Mike O'Connor and that, I don't even know who's going. So I, I I very I never I never ever ever look at who else is competing because not that I don't care, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, because a, a lot of guys compete and, and get really inside their own head so there's probably a few guys in Camby's group for the heats thinking for folks sake uh, because it's Camby but man a- anything can happen and if, if you're going to clash man you're good <laughs> you're very good and I, I think the, the the gap between the worst guy and the best guy is going to be so small uh, yeah. so man it's, Fuck you know, and I, I, I think the standard of clash is going to be way higher than OSG, uh, because I think OSG because the online qualifier gets gets diluted quite a lot. Uh, I, I noticed that a lot this year. Like in the one of five category, there's like there's like five or six of us that were really good. The the other four in the final day were good, but then everybody else there's there's a few guys that nearly made the cut, but everyone else was there. Not in a disrespectful way, but they probably shouldn't have been there. See what I mean? Sure. Uh, I think that dilutes the quality, you know what I mean? So I think I think clash because everybody obviously had to had to qualify to comp top three. Uh I would say though that the international qualifier was quite was, was the standard common internationally is probably not gonna be that great. And it was more so because a lot of people a lot, a lot of people didn't enter it. I don't know if they weren't aware or, or what it was, or I'm not I think I think people are probably still Still put off by COVID, thinking I'll probably not get to go. Yeah. Oh, I had uh, I I had Davies on here, and he was saying that re- leading up to that, like he never saw any information on it. So, like a lot of people yeah, so, that he knows were unaware that it was happening. So. I, I think the same, but, but man, that all comes back to what we talked about at the start about opportunities. Like opportunities aren't going to come to your Instagram page and be like, "Hello, come, come here, and get some money." Uh, so, like, if I see stuff happen, so I, I've, I've seen Furman post about Clash like way back ages ago, and I, and I, I contacted him straight away. I was like, "Man, can I come and compete here?" 
or is it just for Americans? Mm-hmm. And uh, man, if you don't ask, you don't get. So yeah. like, a, see if I see something pop up that I think that I can go to or make an opportunity from. I'll put my name on there, and I what well, man? If someone says no, they say no. Uh, so yeah, so, uh, yeah. If you, if you want to go and compete at these comps bad enough, man, you'll you'll find them. Um, so I, I don't I really buy that as an excuse, uh, such. But I, I I do get what Luke's saying, and he's probably right. But, but again, man, if if you're looking to compete in Roman these circles, you have to you have to you have to roam in the circles. You can't just fucking sit there on Instagram and hope for comps to pop up you have to go looking like yeah yeah and i I mean obviously he's a part of the circles and stays involved in strongman in all facets and stuff so he knew um i think he was getting that as a lot of feedback from other people but i agree with you like if if it's a sport that you want to be involved in and you you want to be involved at a high level like you're going to be looking out for that stuff right you're going to be scrolling pages trying to find comps and trying to find you know opportunities like you said I think in the sense then of how serious you want to take it, even down to get the coach. Like if you have a good coach, you're going to know about these comps because your coach is going to know. Yep. Uh, so like again, that's a, that's a benefit that when someone signs up with me in the UK or Ireland because of my contacts or people I know that there's not one comp that's going to happen here or even internationally that I'm not going to know about for my clients to have the opportunity to go and do. Sure. Uh, and I, think, I think it just comes down the dedication and attitude and how, how bad do you want to go and do stuff uh, yeah I think that's what it is because loads of guys as well talk about OSG and doing this and doing that and they find fucking 10 excuses for why they didn't go or why they won't go and man excuses only sound good to the man that's, that's saying them so I think <laughs> if you if you want to want to go and do something you'll, you'll, you'll do it it's like, like like me going to New Jersey like, bear in mind, obviously, it was sponsored, but man, I wasn't always sponsored. And see if I wasn't sponsored, I still would have went because I think I think the flights were like, I think all in cost me like travel expense, like $700. And that's not a lot of money. So yeah. let's say, let's say, let's say it costs 700 And why should I spend 500 eating and doing whatever? And you won, you're doubling your money. Mm. You know what I mean? So obviously, it's a risk. There's a risk factor involved, but. Yeah, the, the opportunities are there, especially now with what Furman's doing and what Clash are doing. Because uh, obviously we've got the, the comp here now, Luke Davies is running that the qualifier for the international athletes. So yeah, the, the sport's growing, man, and there's there's tons of opportunities there, but it's just up to you if you want to want to take them or not, doesn't it? Sure. Yeah, no, 100%. It's, uh, I mean, the, the strongman's always been like, at least in America, it's, I mean, it's pulling teeth to get people to want to be involved and to stay active and everything i think it's starting to it's really starting to grow in a way where people are really putting into it but it was uh for years yeah. I mean, just get people to sign up for a local show was terrible yeah well we've got a we have a comp now on sunday so obviously i said we host the iron strongs woman yeah. there's, there's a comp i got invited to last year in scotland it's called the strength games uh and there's no weight categories so it was doesn't matter what body weight you were but certain events they altered the the event to suit your body weight. So like the, 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 the yoke, for example, was three times body weight. The squats were double body weight. So, so it meant that people could go head to head regardless of the weight thing. And it's never going to be something that's, that's going to be massive, I don't think. But there was like 5,000 pounds as a prize pot for the males and the females. And now this year, there's the there's even more money. So I, I'm running a qualifier for that on Sunday. 
and we have great prizes. There's cash. Uh, you're getting to go to the finals. You get you get the competing against pros. So I'm going to be there at the finals. So it's for guys that are, that, are, that aren't quite readily pros yet, but they're not novices. Sure. And it's going to give them an opportunity to come and compete against the likes of me or Paul Smith and all the guys. It's going. Uh, so we had like 24 signups, and I released the events. The events are fucking hard. Of course, they're going to be hard. Like yeah. you can't you can't have easy events to send some guy to a comp. It's going to be hard because it's a false sense of security. You're going to go and get smashed. Uh, and then, man, like the last two weeks, there's been like nine dropouts. Oh, I've got a I've got a sore back. I staved my finger. Oh, my my girlfriend's about sick. Jesus, man. And you know what I mean? These shitty excuses. It's, it's I saw your post uh, a couple of days ago about super gluing your fingers shut to finish a, a comp or whatever. Exactly. Obviously, obviously, Jesus, that's that's an extre- extreme measure, but that, sure. that's what happens sometimes. Like, like yeah. Paul was the world's strongest man in Europe, so he like, dislocated his fingers and axle or something, and he still finished the set. Uh, and then at Worlds, at Worlds at OSG, I had, uh, I had Patel issues, but... At words like I sort of stumbled with the yoke and it got really bad that weekend. And I see the amount of painkillers and shit that I had to put on my knee to get through them events. Like, see, the I, I, I wish there was like a close up, uh, like Joe from OSE didn't even have a close up me doing the, the sled. So, my, my anytime my knee gets sore, it's like a forward pushing motion. So, I thought the sled drag back would be fine. So, I ran the sandbag around the house. I felt, man, I swear, as soon as I started pulling that sled. My tears started streaming in my face. I was so sore. But man, I was not for stopping. And the, the, so, some of these guys can't even make a comp because of a sore back. And uh, see, see, right, in an ideal world, you want to go to every comp, recovered, fresh, no injuries. Personal life is A1. You, you and the masters, you're not fighting. Your kids are great. Nobody's died, whatever. Man, that doesn't happen. That does not happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... Let's be honest, like, and then I go back to like last year, and I'm not, I'm not trying to make myself out a superhero. I've been very sad last September. My father committed suicide at the start of September. Uh, and Britain's strongest man was two weeks later. I still competed and still won. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then the Arnold's was three weeks after. And lots of people said to me, like, oh man, your, your father's passed away. He's committed suicide. You, you, you can't compete. You need to take a break. And I was like, why? I was like, why? I was like, obviously, I was distraught. So still am of what happened, but. Like me, st- me stopping was was not going to change anything. It's not going to yeah. save my father or this or that. And yeah, uh, yeah man, sometimes life just gets in the way, or you're injured, and you just fucking get on with it and go ahead. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Two thousand. Uh, I've never really talked about this on here, but two thousand fifteen. Um, two days before my second ever strongman show, my brother died. And, uh, you know, something that he was really excited to come watch. You know, he was super pumped about some of the, I was going to set a, a PR deadlift and everything. It's like, fuck it. Of course I'm going to fucking compete. You know, I yes. went, I, mean, I tell you, it was a lot easier to make weight dealing with that. But uh, yeah, you know, it was, it was rough, but you go and you do it and you just fucking get your mind into it. And honestly, it was therapeutic. You know, I say, I hit the deadlift. Yeah, well, that I told him I was. And... Yeah. Well, it's, it's obviously like a, a commemoration to your brother and your brother would have been super proud of you and he obviously was uh, watching down he was with you that day and whatever like I'm not a very religious person but like like since what happened with dad happened it's, I have a different perspective on life and the way yeah. I try and live my life and do things and that all comes back to the, the, the gratitude thing I talked about 
but like the attitude I, I took with the whole Britain's strongest man, I thought people were like, oh, you can't do it now. And I was like, man, I've trained for months. I'm ready. Like, what? What am I going to do? You sit in the house and cry? It's obviously, I'm very sad. My father's passed away. It's, it's terrible. It's awful. Uh, but my, my life can't stop. You know what I mean? Obviously, obviously, it took time away from work and all that to deal with it mentally. But it's, uh, I suppose everything deals with deals with things in different ways. And I think uh, strongman or any sport, if you're that involved on it, that as you said, it's, it's like therapy. And I, I'll be I'll be the same. You, you go to the gym and some couple of hours you've got and to focus. Elsewhere, I don't think no matter what else is going on, especially if you're competing, like if you've if you've got comps to focus on, it's a good distraction for your mind. Uh, I think that carries over the rest of your life. Then, if you've competed and you can be disciplined, I find this a lot from bodybuilding because you're so disciplined and regimented. It carries over to everything else in life, like mm-hmm. relationships, work. It it hundred percent does. Uh, so yeah, that's. But again, it just comes down to the, to the person, doesn't it? I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not hating on anybody that chooses to drop out of a show for you know some tragic life events. Like I get it. To me, though, it was you know I would have felt. I think I would have felt like he was disappointed in me if I had dropped. You know what I mean? And maybe it's similar for you and your dad. But oh, for sure, for sure. But I think obviously what I'm talking about and what you're talking about. It's a very extreme measure. Sure. But it's yeah. guys, like I've just said, have like a, they've staved their thumb or their hamstrings a bit sore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and and these are the guys that are complaining there's no opportunities. Mm-hmm. There really is. Do you know what I mean? The, and for me as a show promoter in Ireland, like it costs so much money to run shows. Like we've got sponsors on board. Man, I am, I am out so much money the last three years, but I don't care. Like I'm just happy to, to be in a position where I can help people have opportunities to progress and do this or that. Uh, and that's reward in itself. So it's frustrating for me when I put so much effort into making contacts, getting sponsors on board, getting invites, and then these guys are like, nah, I can't compete. It gives me fucking back sore. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, I know there's a lot of that over here. It's, it's interesting to find out that that's true of, you know, the sport in other countries as well. Because there, there's plenty of that over here. What's that? It's probably the same in every country with every sport, yeah. I would yeah, say. Probably true. Call, I call them guys uh, Instagram strongmen. So that's, <laughs> that's all I care about. Some videos on Instagram, getting likes and fucking whatever else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that'll check out, you know, their competition on Instagram and see like, oh, maybe I'm not going to win this, you know, as easy as I want to. And they'll just drop out or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. That's yeah. It. Well, like there's a uh, Gav we're just talking about that had a uh, going head to head with the world record deadlift. He'd, he'd said something similar to me at Arnold's. About the deadlift, he's like, oh, well, man, at least the note can come second. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> I said, there's no reason you cannot go out there and beat me. Uh, so, obviously, I was very humbled uh, and I beat him. But if, if you go with that attitude, you're, you're never going to win. Like, um, mm-hmm. So, and again, Gav's an amazing deadlifter. Uh, and any, anybody in the world is amazing deadlifters. But if I'm going head-to-head for a world record with some guy, like it's, it's, it's in, in my head, it's a formality. I've, I've already won. Uh, the the record's done. Uh, I'll just need to go there and do it. Now that's the way I envision everything happening. Uh, like the last world record, 
people always ask me, what do you think about before I left or during I left? And I'd be like, all I think about is being stood there with that bar in my hands and locked out. It's done. It's, it's been done for weeks. And it's the same with every event. I'll run through events in my head uh, at comps. And I, I never think about the process of the event. I just think about the event being done and it being a successful event. Um, so so my, mindset mindset's very important when it comes to strength sports. I think strength sports and fighting, uh, to me, are probably the two hardest things to do in the world sport-wise. Strongman and like MMA. And if you're not mentally strong in either sport, obviously they're two totally different sports. But for the mindset and the, the balls you need to, to be going and doing the, the things, if there's any sort of doubt creeps in your mind, you're defeated straight away. Uh, I truly believe that. Sure. Yeah. That's interesting. You say the thing about just envisioning being at the top of the lift locked out. I mean, it's similar to uh, what's uh, Big Benny, Benedict Magnuson, that had the, uh, he had the world record deadlift for a minute in the heavyweights. And when they asked him, you know, what he thinks about going into it, it's, you know, I, I've envisioned myself doing this lift a million times. I've watched it happen in my brain a million times. I just got to go do it one more. That's, that's, that's the way I be. And I, you sound crazy, man, but like, I would, like the, the last world record, like I, I wrote stuff down about it, uh, con- congratulate myself on a notepad. Uh, I had my name wrote down beside a world record. And th- th- these are things I learned from a, like a sports psychologist coach. So sure. I had a few calls with him. And he taught me certain techniques. Uh, and I just looked into it quite a lot myself. But you look at a top-level athlete, and obviously myself being from Ireland, I'm a big McGregor fan. And I think he was he was one of the people that, that was first really talked about, and everyone thought it was mental, because people in, people in like America are probably a little more into the sort of cliche, cheesy stuff. Like, like in Ireland, it's, people aren't like that here in Ireland. So McGregor started talking about all this stuff, about believing and seeing and achieving. People were like, this guy is mental. And fuck, look at him now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah that's interesting. Yeah. I, I, I believe in that the, the law of attraction. As I said, I'm by no means a, like a, a religious person, but I, I'm a big believer in the, the power of the universe and forces around us and things that they come to us and leave us and stuff like that. I, I believe in that quite, quite a lot. Sure. I mean, there's there's some... There's some unexplainable things that go on. And, uh, you know, there's plenty of people. There's too many people that have said things along these lines of, you know, putting that that energy out there and envisioning these things and whatnot. And it's been beneficial and obviously worked to say that there's nothing to it, you know? Yeah, exactly. And even see, even even, even the house I'm sitting in now where me and my wife and my kids live, these houses were built like six or seven years ago. And when I first met my wife like six years ago, uh, I just started personal training and making decent money. And we'd always go and drive and look at houses and look at stuff. And I would say someday, like I, I would love to live in the, this, this road we live. Uh, or like to go on holidays here, or stay in that hotel or have that car. Uh, and, and not the material things or the be on end all, because they're not. It's not about the material possession. It's about the, the path that was followed to get there and achieve the thing. And now I'm sitting on one of these houses that I used to drive past and look at. I'm like, I would like to live in there someday. And now, now I do. Like, so. And, and that, that, that's down to me. Like, like, I mean, I used to drive. Like, where this is is somewhere we would drive by quite a lot. So I would see them all the time. I would look at them like, I will 100% have a house like that someday. So stuff like that. And that doesn't even boil down to material possession. Could be anything. 
could be anything. Like, you want to want something or get a job or get a degree. Obviously, you can't just hope for the stuff and wish for yeah. it to happen. Uh, you have to put on work as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's sort of, people. I think people get mixed up a lot. If, they, uh, if you believe it and see it, it'll just come to you. It won't just come to you. <laughs> you have to put the graft on as well. So, yeah. But it, it, it does work. And uh, as, as you say, lots of top athletes are... Musicians or actors—they they, all—they all believe in this stuff. Like Jay Z talks about it, Matthew McConaughey, loads and loads of people. Like Elon Musk, Steve—all them sort of really, really successful people—they all talk about this stuff. So that's hundred percent true. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, that's you—you you, testifying to it with the stuff that you've already accomplished and are obviously yeah. still working on accomplishing more. Yeah, and it's again, it's. And I, I'm not sitting here trying to say I'm fucking special this sex. I'm not, I'm not special at all. And I'm more getting to the point that, like, if I can do it, I think anybody can. And there, there, there's nobody there's nobody that's that special. And obviously, as we talked about at the start, people are born with certain gifts. If, if you work hard at something for long enough and you put on effort and you believe in yourself and you don't give up, uh, be whatever you want to be, you know, a certain to a certain degree if you're four foot tall and you want to be an nba superstar that's not happening but <laughs> it's, uh, your goals have to be realistic but yeah i, I believe like uh, p- people people play like the victim card too easy mm-hmm. they're, they're quick to feel sorry on themselves and say oh i didn't have the chance in life he had or she had or this or that and man there's people out there with worse lives than me that's in a better position than I am now. Do you know what I mean? So you have to just make the most of what you've got and see where you go. Yeah, absolutely. That's well said. You dropped a lot of a lot of different chunks of wisdom on everybody through this whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> so uh finish it off talking. Um what what do you uh, have planned after class? You plan on going back to OSG? What's your plan for the next like two years? Uh, after clash, well, there's the, the World Cup thing in Russia, but that's not happening now. <laughs> um, uh, Czech Republic, there's a cop in Czech Republic, the Giri runs. Uh, I think Camby and Furman, there's quite a lot of, quite a lot of top guys going that. Uh, I'm not going to offend the man if he listens to this. Giri, Giri Tadschadschek, his name is for Giro Giri from Czech Republic. I know you're talking about. I don't know how to pronounce it. He's he's one of the top guys. He runs a comp every year. Uh, again, they, they pay for you to come over, uh, pay for your hotel, shut your shooter property. There's prize money. So I've got that in July. Ireland's strongest man, 105. There's July, June. There's no set date yet. Uh, Britain's strongest man, 105. I'm the reigning champion, so automatically go back there. I think that's around September. Again, nothing's been set in stone yet. And then I'm not sure what's happening with Arnold UK this year. I don't know. Um, I'll do that again if I come up and then at OSG. So Big Laws, Lawrence Shalley coaches me. And uh, <laughs> he's, uh, God love him. I must be a nightmare to coach because I just want to compete all the fucking time. Uh, I have competed like four times, four weekends straight before. But uh, he's, he's, he said that he's sort of put his foot down after OSG. He was like, look, we're going to communicate really well about what comps you're doing. You're going to focus on big ones and you're not doing open class categories. You're just going to focus on 105 and just being the best 105. Because over lockdown here, uh, all the 105 comps were scrapped. So the only thing, the only choice I had was that Glenn Ross, the ultimate strongman, 
had the Ireland's and UK's, which were televised. Uh, they ran behind closed doors, so I put on a wee bit of weight uh, and did those comps. But man, like not like I struggled to even walk about it, like 108, 109 kilos. Yeah. So I'm not naturally a big dude. Um, statically, I can sort of hang tight with those guys for log press and deadlift. But see when it comes to like flipping cars and pulling trucks and stuff, it's, yeah, it's just one of those things. Like so. Uh, so yeah, me and Laws just said we focus just on the big comps this year, the big titles. Uh, stay away from in the open comps. Uh, and see, to be honest, man, if things were quiet in the middle of the year, I would maybe come and do one of those those clash qualifiers again. Uh, I know there's like Nashville, Texas, and stuff. So man, if yeah, but, uh, I don't know, I don't not, not too sure. But my main focus is clash, uh, and then we'll obviously want to be the reign in Ireland's and Britain's champion, and then at West G. So got a busy year, man. <laughs> yeah, well, even even trying to not compete as much, like obviously if, if I've got a lot better now, and obviously one of the top one of fives, I suppose, in the world of Europe. So you get invited to a lot of you get invited to a lot of places. So yeah, and uh, it's hard to like I find it hard to turn things down because it's it's opportunity, and I'm grateful because there's there's a company there's there's a company Ukraine Ultimate Strongman World Championships. That's that's been changed locations. We're still going ahead, and Valeria's invited me out now like three years in a row, and I've said no every time, and it's just because they conflict with other comps, uh, and then there's an SCL comp I was asked to, so it's it's hard to say no to certain comps, uh, but you have you have to just go where you feel is the the, the biggest comps, and I'm I'm obviously grateful and glad I've got laws uh, to keep me right because he's been here done that oh, twenty times like so. Uh, anything I'm unsure about, I just text him and we'll, we'll pack the comps together um, very, very wisely. Yeah. Do you have, how many clients do you have too? Oh, geez, man, between 75 and 100. But uh, okay. that's, that's, a, that's a mixture of strongman and then like your normal nutrition clients and then lifestyle clients. So obviously coming from a bodybuilding background, my clients at the start of my fitness career, PT career were all like body transformations. Uh, most sure. of my clients are actually females. So females looking to lose fat and do like photo shoots and stuff. So I would say you've got 50% of my clients, like 30, 40 females for fat loss and then 30, 40 uh, male and female strong men and powerlifters. So it's a nice mix bunch because actually I enjoy the whole body transformation thing as well. Uh, more, more so with the females. Um, but, but it's because... The, the journey they go on like within themselves as well as much as obviously a before and after picture like see when see, see the feeling man from seeing like a female go from like week one to like week fucking 36 and like week one she was nearly shy about taking progress pictures to being able to do a photo shoot or just just feel feel nice on her own skin it's very rewarding uh, and again it's quite cheesy but uh, it's about trying to teach even fellas uh, do the same uh, the, the, the male nutrition guys, it's about teaching them to be comfortable in your own skin, be comfortable with who you are as a person, inside and out, uh, and just about trying to be healthier and be a better person every day than you were yesterday, not to compare to people on Instagram and just work on just work on yourself. And it's a very, obviously, strong man, uh, coaching strong man, it's very serious. You're competing, you want to win, this and that. Whereas when you're working with the females, it's, 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 a, it's an emotional experience sometimes because, as I say, some of the people I've helped over the years, man, they've actually changed their lives. Like yeah. People have lost, like, man, 140, 150 pounds in the space of a year. 
Like yeah. well, that's that's life changing shit. You know what I mean? So it's very yeah. that's very rewarding. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. My, uh, my girlfriend, like I said, she's an IFBB pro and she also, she's a coach. She's right around 70 clients, I think right now. And she yeah. says the same thing. I mean, it's just the most fulfilling thing. She absolutely loves it. And she's, you know, she's helping people. So it's awesome. Yeah, well, that's it. Obviously I think anybody that's a good coach, obviously this is how I make money and make a living. But if you go into coaching where your sole purpose is just being money, it probably not last too long. Uh, obviously, as I say, I make money from this, but I generally, I generally enjoy it. Like I love it so much. Uh, and as I said, to start with strongman, man. See for myself when I'm competing, I'm not the sort of guy that gets mad, hyped, and shouts and fucking headbutt stuff and all this mad stuff. I'm quite quiet. Like mm-hmm. inside, there's a, there's a rage and fire, <laughs> but I'm quiet about it. But see when my clients are competing, Jesus, I go fucking mental. I be shouting at people and screaming and jumping, and I get so excited. Uh, probably more so for them than do me. Uh, it's just the, the adrenaline rush is insane. Uh, I think I scare them sometimes because <laughs> I'm normally quite quiet. And then a cop day, I'd be fucking screaming at them and they'd nearly be terrified to let me down. That's funny. <laughs> That's awesome. It's awesome that you get so involved with it. Yeah, that's what it's all about. And obviously, you can you can relate to them because you've been there, done that. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, you, you know what it's like the one on one. And yeah, just enjoy it. Do you have uh, do you have any other clients that are going to clash or any that you are going to be seeing at OSG or anything like that soon? Just Nick, just Nick. Uh, Ollie Clark, he's going. He used to do all his diet and nutrition laws, coaches him as well. But no, uh, that's it. Like most of the guys. Uh, there's, there's other guys I'm coaching at the minute that are competing against me in Ireland and potentially Britons, uh, but not a well, uh, potentially OSG. There's actually two or three guys in my gym uh, again because of COVID, they couldn't compete. One of them is in the army, so he was away for a year. Um, uh, so man, yeah, I could compete against quite a lot of clients this year if things go well, yeah, because there's the, the, the 105 category again, it's becoming very popular. Uh, so, so a lot of guys rather than trying to bulk on the weight and get stronger they're, they're sort of trying to stay nice and lean and compete at 105 because the mm-hmm. opportunities are, are there now money yeah. wise are you going to are you going to up Heinz rates if he beats you at OSG I mean uh, Clash uh, up my rates up my <laughs> rates uh, use Heinz as advertising um, but, but yeah even like coaching, coaching that in itself. There, there's a few guys that reached out for America. There's a guy Rob signed up for a few weeks, but it, was, it wasn't great. Like uh, he signed up for six weeks and sort of just sort of petered out to one of those shitty clients. Uh, but yeah, there's like since Nick started posting about me, there's been a lot of feedback from America. Lots of guys commenting and just DMing me, and then obviously uh, just from competing in OSG and then New Jersey, lots of followers from those parts of the world and if someone's on your page long enough like obviously someone's not going to see you compete and sign up to you the next day but if someone follows you for a while and they're going to build that trust with what you what you offer man it's, it's just potential clients mm-hmm. uh, and then probably should like I've got I've got loads of like deadlift programs and that sort of stuff to sell but I've never got around to making myself a website I'm quite lazy mm-hmm. with all that stuff see because I'm so busy uh, coaching I, I don't need to advertise or need to do this or that um, but the, the likes of Clash would be wiser, I suppose, to have a website because if people want to buy the one-off deadlift program or the one-off whatever program, it's just a matter of going on and clicking it and buying it and then downloading it. 
Whereas at the minute, you have to DM on Instagram, exchange PayPal's bank details. Sometimes people lose interest. So mm-hmm. and the, the, the deadlift program is actually very good. Uh, it's like a one-off 10-week plan. And it's good for people. There's a beginner program as well. There's loads of stuff. Because uh, not, not everyone can afford coaching monthly on a monthly yeah. price. And that's fair enough. So I think the I'm not a big massive fan of one-off programs as such. Uh, obviously, you're getting a better service from being checked on every week and changing the, this and that here and there. But man, if all you can afford is $100 for a one-off plan for 10 weeks, it's gonna it's better than nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that's all the questions I had for you, but I appreciate you taking the time. I know uh, we struggled with the schedule a little bit with the time change. Well, Paul, good on. I uh, appreciate you having me on. Thank you very much. Uh, enjoyed talking to you, and uh, went off topic a few times, but hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, anybody listening can obviously take away from what we've talked about. And uh, that, that'll be the, that's my take home message. Anytime I try and discuss anything like this, now is even if you're not a strong man, whatever you're doing, just be grateful for what you're doing. Uh, sometimes life's fucking hard, um, but there's always better days ahead, and you you always be. I always find something to be grateful for. So I'm grateful for you for inviting me on the podcast. I'm, I'm grateful for getting to travel the world and compete. And yeah, just be grateful every day, no matter what you're doing and keep trying. And I think as an athlete and strongman, it's very easy to forget why you started doing what you're doing when you get good. Um, so if you're listening to this and you're competing and strongman and you find yourself getting stressed or not enjoying training anymore because you're stressed about competing, stop for five minutes and just ask yourself why you started doing this in the first place because you enjoy lifting mm. and that, that, that's a lot it's very easy I find that a lot now but that I've, that I've got I'm competing at quite a high level uh, sometimes I, I leave the gym and I did not enjoy training one but and you're not going to always enjoy every session but sometimes you need to just have a wee word with yourself in the mirror and just say look relax you're here you're doing what you enjoy and be grateful and put a smile on your face and get on with it you know I think that's a, a great message to leave everybody on. That's that's. I mean, I've definitely caught myself needing to do that a few times. So, yeah, well, hope it helps one. And uh, as I say, man, thanks very much. I appreciate you having me on, and I will see you in April. Yeah, sounds good, man. See you soon. Cheers, buddy. Thank you. See you.